Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, a scheduling shift incoming. Basketball, football, many things in between for the Big 12 Conference. We dive into what to anticipate next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with the only Chris level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be with you again, my man, biding our time till the ball is in the air. Once again, that's coming up on Saturday as the Red Raiders will open up Big 12 basketball play from Austin, Texas. And something on our minds here today that we'll dive into, we'll have sort of an all around scheduling conversation. We'll get to some of what to expect and maybe more importantly, when to expect we're finding something out about the Big 12 football schedule incoming. But you mentioned a couple of days ago, I think maybe last week, something about the different experience that we're going to be in for on a basketball front whenever we get into a new league schedule with expanded members two times now included and obviously a different format than we have been accustomed to. But yeah, I guess as we sit here now, is it fair to say that we would have already had Big 12 basketball in our rear view, if we're talking January 3rd, 2025, or what's the lay of the land here and what to expect? Yeah, you know, that uh, your, your basketball schedule in general is going to look, uh, I mean, I guess you can say quite a bit different or, or certainly just different uh, for folks compared to what you've been used to for, I don't know, the last eight to 12 years, maybe. Um, and, and and there's some different dynamics to it because it's going to affect, I mean, obviously affect your non-conference schedule, but it's going to affect uh, the, around the holidays because, yeah, as we're sitting here talking, you, you would be getting ready, I think, already for your second conference game, you know, a year from right now, uh, you know, and, and you would be, you know, by the time you would, uh, by the time you you end up playing your first conference game this year, you, you'd be, you know, you'd be almost, uh, I think, two under your belt uh, at that point next year. And so let, let let me let me explain. So what's going to happen is the 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 conference schedule is going to move from eighteen to twenty games, and so that again, you're, it doesn't mean that it's going to end any different. So you got to bump it up. And start sooner. Um, I, I think that Brett Yormark was big on this. I think that TV feeds into this. Like there's extra inventory here. Uh, I, th- I think um, it's one of those things where it, it allowed with 16 teams, maybe allows some more freedom to everybody to play everybody or you to do some different things with adding two more games to the conference schedule. Uh, I wouldn't even suggest to you that it stops there at some point. I could envision a you know, if, if they kind of go through a, a few years of this, that they go, you know what, we could we could do 22. We could do, you know, I'm, I, I don't I don't want to say that this is permanent, but it's going to be different than what we're used to because it's it's it going to be one more conference road game and then one more conference home game, and so you're going to get 10 and 10. 
And and so with that, it means you're not going to play, you know, obviously you're going to go from 13 to just 11 non-conference games. And so what it'll look like next year for Texas Tech, for example, you've got two games at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And I think Texas is there, Syracuse is there, and like St. Uh, Joe's is there. So I'm not sure who you get paired up with up there, but you're going to get two of those three teams the week before Thanksgiving. You're also going to get your last year of the Big East because I, I think it's out of contract after this next year with the Big 12 Big East. But you get a home game next year. You were at Butler this year. You've been at Providence and, and all that, but you're going to get Butler I mean, excuse me, not Butler. You're going to get a Big East team uh, at home, and then you're going to get A&M at home, okay, uh, as part of your non-conference. So you're going to get four kind of, you know, net ranking type RPI games next year, and then you're going to fill those in with some home games. So you're really going to spend a lot of time at home in the non-conference next year because the two trips to – or the one trip to Brooklyn, the two games there, that's really it as far as I can tell – and then starts conference play on the 30th of the 31st. So, yeah, your New Year's Eve-ish, you know, it's going to look a little bit different. You could be on the road, could be at home, not sure. But that's when league play will start. Who knows who you get? You could get the Jayhawks dropped in your lap. You could get Arizona dropped in your lap. You just, you know, I mean, so, but this is, this is going to look a, a bit different one year from now. So, as we're anticipating bumping some things up earlier conference-wise, does it stand to reason that you're losing non-conference games or are those getting bumped or how do you see that part? Yeah, you, you are. You're losing two non-conference games. Uh, and so what What ultimately, you know, you, you, you will maybe, there's been some opportunities. Like, for example, let's just look at this year's schedule. You had, uh, what, three games in the Bahamas and you had the one game in Fort Worth versus Vanderbilt. Well, you're going to shrink that kind of, you know, because that that's what will give. You're not going to get, you're not going to get that other MTE, or you're not going to get that neutral site game, or you're not going to get, you know, because you got to have some home games. One, you got to take care of your fans. You, you got to have a reason you're selling season tickets. So you know, and it's hard to get home and home type stuff. The A&M thing is the exception. It, it just is. It's not. It's not the rule out there in, in the world. Uh, but you get a quality home game there. But yeah, you, you, it's gonna it's gonna remove two basically non conference games, and, and and you know maybe it removes one really good non conference game, and it r- removes another like guarantee game off of your schedule. Either way, I think more conference games is good. I think uh, it's gonna get this thing ramped up quickly because we think that this time of year there's a lot going on anyway. But you know, just bump it up. I mean, what if you're what if you're already sitting here a year from now and you're like. Okay, you're two and zero. Oh, you're one and one. You're zero oh and two in the league. I mean, it yeah. just it, it's going to come at you fast. That Christmas break will be much more of a challenge, as quote unquote. I use air quotes to when I say break because I don't know if they'll get much of one, but uh, it'll be much more of a challenge for a coaching staff because you're engaged in conference play. And I would say, as a fan, and by the way, aside from the the neutral site or the Big East challenge, the Bahamas, the Fort Worth stuff. Aside from, I think you had eight home games against. With all due respect, and I mean all of it, yada, yada, and yada. Um, and as a fan, as you're kind of like getting the wheels turning on potentially, do you go to even a larger conference schedule? Hell yeah. Why not? Push it all the way. Do we even need non-conference games? Do we tip it off, I guess, sometime, what, around uh, November 5th against Arizona? I'm fine. Whatever. 
I'm sure they want to ramp up inside the program. A coach is like, no, I'd like to have San Jose State possibly uh, come to town, I, I guess. But that sounds kind of exciting, and it does remind me of so much that we've talked about as far as rumor that uh, the Big 12 could be doubling up on some conference opponents in a non-conference context. Remember that conversation? Yes, and and so I, I, it's funny you touch on that about the – because r- remind me here in a second, and we'll go back to the the conference games maybe starting the the season scenario. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think – nobody else will care, but I do think that scheduling around the holidays is going to be fascinating. It's going to change it permanently. Uh, or, or as for the Big Twelve, as long as this setup is 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 in place, because hey, let's let's play the game before Christmas, send them off, let's get them back on Christmas Day, let's kind of ease back into this, give this give ourselves a couple of games. Like, I'll be interested to see how coaches handle that, how how games are scheduled, what you do, the dates, and and all that, because. Yeah, you're gonna you're getting a league game on the 30th or the 31st. I mean, is it real? Do you play one now on the the 26th, or the 27th? Uh, do you just say, you know what, we're gonna play a game right before Christmas, and then we're not playing again until league play? I I, I don't know what the right answer is because I can see the good and the bad, but that that yeah. most won't care. I just think that's somewhat fascinating there because we've been so used to the way it's worked uh, f- for years and kids get to go home for three or four days and you play right before it, right when you get back and then you, you kind of ease into this deal, but no more. Um, and go ahead, Chris. Well, and, and, and to, to your point about the, this is Brett Yormark thinking outside the box a bit, but yeah, this is why I don't want to say you need to get married to, to what will be presented to you as a 20 game conference schedule, because I think that, in in lieu of of maybe trying to bring better home games or just more RPI or put more of a spotlight on your on your outstanding basketball league, yeah, they have talked about playing games against each other in, in November to start out the season that would not count as conference games. Mm. You know, it's like this doesn't count toward the standings, but it's still quality opponent, quality opponent, and we can't go find you know. And and some of this has come up because there's no more Big Twelve SEC challenge. I think this is the last year of the Big 12 Big East Challenge. Next year will be the last one, I should say. So there's one more year left on that deal. And then kind of what do you start doing? You want some built-in, you know, scheduling to, to highlight your league until you can present uh, games to uh, the TV folks. So uh, we'll, we'll see kind of what he comes up with. I'm all for it. For some reason, I'm having uh, visions of an in-season tournament. Has anybody tried an idea like that yet? Um, anyway, I feel like a lot of times the answer is, why do we do it this way? And they say, well, that's because that's the way we do it, which means go ahead and reinvent the wheel for all I care. And, you know, NCAA basketball regular season uh, really struggles in large part compared certainly to what you get from a postseason standpoint. They've tried to come up with some different things, but haven't found a solution yet, I don't think, just far and wide. But maybe Brett Yormark and the Big 12 have got something cooking that would be beneficial to them. And then maybe we'd see it, I don't know, contagious and scatter elsewhere. Okay, that's the basketball portion of the conversation. Let's get to the football portion of this scheduling shift conversation. 
First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's Parlay Hub? I doubt it. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Official partner of the NFL. So let's get to the football portion of this scheduling shift conversation. We know non-conference wise who, when, where, 2024. Abilene Christian coming to town to kick things off. You go to Pullman, Washington to take on the Cougars of Washington State. And then it's North Texas back in Lubbock on Saturday, September 14th. We also know who and where from a Big 12 perspective. You'll have road games against the Arizona Wildcats, Iowa State Cyclones, Cowboys of Oklahoma State, and the Horn Frogs of Texas Christian. Coming to Lubbock, it's Arizona State, Colorado, Baylor, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. But the win is still in the wind. And I don't know if this is just like a scheduling routine as far as the announcement or the release that we need to get used to? Is this just a lingering impact of expansion and things being done differently? Do you have any idea at all when something might come down the pipe, man? Because we're all sitting here wondering, uh, twiddling our thumbs. I know that. There's a, there's a couple of things. One, I think that Brett Yormark was on record as saying, okay, it's 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 imminent. And, and again, define imminent. I mean, because I think he said this uh, and maybe – at the Big 12 championship game press conference in early December, but but he did add the caveat, we will take as long as we need to make sure that it's right. And so, because once, <laughs> because, and part of this is like, it's kind of the NFL model from the standpoint of, you want to make sure that if you, you know, when and you do release it, that people are paying attention, that people care. And so once you kind of got into December, guess what took over? The portal the the it's just mass chaos you can't keep anything straight on what in the heck is going on quarterbacks are leaving coaches are moving around it's just chaos and then bowl games start and you get holidays and new years um you know i mean i guess this week uh you know or or you know maybe next week uh would be good because you've got the national championship game on monday you don't want to do it then but that's part of it too is i think you want to make sure one that you've got time to get it right uh you know as in, hey, what games do we want on special days? What uh, do, do you know? Is there any anomalies here to where, you know, do we want to ensure that these two teams uh, are, are are playing on a certain date? Whatever it may be, I, I don't I don't know, um, you know how how they're looking at it, but uh, but I, I would guess you're going to get something fairly soon. Um, and, and I just think he wants to make sure that it's right. And it's it's funny, Calvin. You you mentioned the the schedule. You, you look at your your, your road games next year, uh, I mean, it, it's – I mean, Arizona may be picked to win the Big 12, you know, yeah. by a lot of the folks that are, that are out there. They, they they have two years removed from a two-win season, but they just they just rattled off a 10-win season, and they've got most of that back, including their quarterback. I mean, they just they just handed it to the Sooners uh, in, in San Antonio. Iowa State, they did not fare as well in their bowl game, but pretty much I think they've got like 18 of 22 starters supposedly coming back uh, in Ames. We, we, we know 
it was zero degrees last year, uh, or yeah, I guess last year when you were there. And so, but we also know that, uh, and you won that game, but uh, it's it's a bit tough. And then Oklahoma State, you know, they've announced all offense, all starting five offensive line. Uh, Ollie Gordon coming back. They're waiting to see what's going to happen with uh, with Alan Bowman as he's trying to follow waiver to return for what would be a seventh year uh, at quarterback. <laughs> Bottom line is, you you got some juicy. Sneaky, tough road games uh, on, on your schedule um, for, yeah. for next year, and then TCU obviously is is you have struggled to play well at uh, in Fort Worth at times uh, before. So, anyway, it uh, I'm kind of fascinated to see what we get. You know, who you plan on Thursday? You plan on Friday? I don't know, and we, we could be weeks away from when we get this, but uh, but I do I do be willing to bet you based on the tie in before with the basketball schedule. I'd be willing to bet you a pretty good chunk of change that you're playing a home game on Thanksgiving weekend to try to tie it in with that A&M basketball home game and kind of create a, a fun weekend for your fan base. Which you do have a home game with Baylor, just coincidentally a former Thanksgiving weekend-ish yeah. kind of matchup. So we'll see maybe if that's slotted back in there. Uh, I don't want to be too quick to assume anything, but since you just came off of a season with a Thursday nighter, are we going to be out of that rotation for a little while? Can we expect that or how does that work? Yeah, you know, you, you're. They try to be fair with everybody. See, this is like a new deck, though. It's like, okay, this was your previous rotation and and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. new and deck, so it's new like, dealer. This is yes, exactly. <laughs> I need a new shoe, a shoe yeah. full of cards. Um, yeah, th- so th- that's a great question. I, I don't think they will try to, you know, because you played last year. You played on a Thursday and a Friday. Uh, you had two like off, but I think that's going to be kind of part of. Uh, Part of your TV agreement is folks are going to have to do this, but yeah, they they won't try to like you know p- punish a school or unless they've asked for it, um, <laughs> you know, because it, th- those Thursday home games are hard. It's hard on the students, the faculty, the just the institution, and uh, like you know your fans trying to park in a parking lot that students are sitting in. Well, I've got a park pass. I paid I paid a gazillion dollars for this thing. Right. I mean. It's just a mess, and so it's hard to get your out-of-town fans in and all that. So I don't think that. Yeah, I, I think odds are you could not uh, you could not play a, a, a off Saturday home game. But if you were to, I bet that th- that would mean that like the next two or three years you would you would be uh, void of that. So yeah, you know, we'll see okay. what we get there. But again, is this is this imminent uh, or or is it just fairly soon? I, I don't know what what we get, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, seven home games, though, next year it should be fun. Yeah, that uh, the Thursday nighter is tough. I get you have to do what you have to do, but they just stink. Um, you know, you want to be out there all, all day Saturday squeezing that tailgate juice, getting your full experience on, and you're working till 5, you're working till whatever. The parking lot collision, as Chris is alluding to there, they're just not as much fun. Should be a discounted ticket. I'm sure they're working on that. But uh, hopefully we don't have to deal with that maybe coming up anytime soon. But I did not consider the new deck, new dealer aspect. That'd be just about right for Texas Tech. Eh, how about a Wednesday nighter, boys? Hey, there's a new dealer, all right? Wednesday nighter. Does Brett Yormark show up to the table and pull his sleeves up and make sure we know there's no Longhorn tricks still residing there? Uh, either way, you know you don't have to deal with scheduling around the, the delicate uh, University of Texas and the <laughs> rotational trip to Mecca on Thanksgiving to come down and say, thank you, sir. May I have another? So hopefully that'll be an improvement. You and I, as we were wrapping up 2023, have been discussing uh, off the air, considering some superlatives, the best of this, the best of that, as it relates to football, basketball, or several things in between and beyond. And 
one of those things we were considering as we're on this scheduling conversation was just simply your best win of the year for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. And one of those things we were considering as we're on this scheduling conversation was just simply your best win of the year for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. And I think the context is kind of interesting because of all the weeping and gnashing of teeth as it relates to lack of success on the road. And you didn't just pile them up this season, though there was a sliver of light at the end of that tunnel with a couple of wins, but there are also some really painful ones on the road as far as those are concerned with Wyoming, West Virginia, BYU. I mean, those are some of the most excruciating losses you took this year. Uh, and I'm not even, again, going to mention the Blackest Friday and what went down in Austin, Texas, though I guess I just did. But when we were sitting here thinking about this, Chris, we started wondering, did your best win of the year actually come on the road away from Lubbock for all the trouble that you had? And we're pointing to Lawrence, Kansas, and it's almost entirely based on the quality of the team, obviously, because that's not a place you think of that you're going to like a daunting, hostile road atmosphere. But Kansas was a good football team this year. You had to earn every bit of it right down to the final seconds. Saw what they did in their bowl game, just to remind you what kind of football team they were. But if I had to answer that question, did the best win of the year come on the road against Kansas? I think I'd say yes. How's that sitting with you, man? What do you think when you consider the best win of the year for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders? Well, and it was, uh, you know, because how this season will be remembered was in, in two two thing, two I guess phases is that one, it wasn't what anybody had hoped for, wanted all those things. But it will also be remembered by how you finished <clears throat> and in winning four or five uh, to finish up the season, you know, is uh, something to be proud of. And it's back to back years that you've done that. And again, we have not seen that a lot around here for years um, in, in the strong finishes. Now, got to work on those starts uh, a, a bit, <laughs> you know, obviously. Um, and down the stretch they come, you know, like yeah. in, the, in the derby, man. Uh, it, it's like that's all that matters is how you finish. Uh, but it's it's like you can stumble out of the, the gate and all that stuff. But uh, uh, ain't, ain't, no, ain't nobody bet on a jackass in the Kentucky Derby, right? So you, you, you got uh, to be better uh, out, out of the gate. But I, I, think, I think because of when it was, where it was, uh, what your record was at the time, it probably was Kansas, um, you know, and it, it's uh, it's a bit uh, humbling to sit here and try to pump up a win over Kansas as being your best win uh, in that Kansas has struggled mightily for years in football. However, they don't they don't struggle or nor do they suck anymore. Uh, I think Lance Leipold is is one of the better coaches in the league. I think he squeezes a lot out of what he's got. And that one was a bit tricky. And it, what's ironic about that game is I think that you, you largely controlled most of the game. You couldn't really – there was a knockout blow ready to be had. You just couldn't deliver it. And it, it was kind of similar to the bowl game went over Cal in that you, you felt like you were ready to squish these guys and just put them away and you just couldn't – you couldn't quite deliver. You missed a field goal in the fourth quarter. You did some different things. It, you know, I think Barron threw an uh, interception in the uh, in the end zone. He missed a wide open quick, and there was just a few things that you left there. You 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 lived to tell about it. And you beat Cal in the bowl game, but 
that that Kansas game was just hung hanging in the balance because you couldn't quite squeeze and put them away, and you had multiple opportunities. And then lo and behold, Kansas all of a sudden is like, you know what? We're just gonna go ahead and tie this thing. You know, we're gonna go ahead and tie this thing up, and then stress everybody out. And then you, this was the last time that we will ever hear from Miles Price and Jerron Bradley. Was the last twenty six seconds. Yep. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is really the the last. That's the last time, literally, you ever saw Miles Price on the field for Texas Tech was that first catch on the very last drive, and then, or maybe it was second second play. I can't remember. It was one of those two. But then he, that's where he gets hurt, and he would never play for you again. And then Bradley, you know, did what you had hoped he he would do all year, and made some tough catches. But credit to the quarterback, and that's really what that game was about. And then uh, you, you, you kick a, a chip shot field goal by Gino Garcia and, and win it. But Kansas was a bowl team. Uh, they won their bowl. Uh, they are going to be uh, potentially a preseason top 25 ish team next year. But yeah, that was a, that was a doozy and you had to have it at the time. Only went over a top 25 team this season and uh, comes on the road. So it's kind of like process of elimination. Yeah. Who are you looking at? I know some of these others. Maybe you enjoyed more if you like beating Texas Christian at home. The you know Baylor or Houston wins statistically were were flashier. Obviously, I mean they're just outright domination in Waco. Um, but yeah, I think I'd have to point to the Kansas Jayhawks because of the competitiveness uh, of their team and, and doing it away from your home uh, as far as the best one of the year. Yeah, and and, and you know the Central Florida win was gutsy. Uh, I, I think Central Florida is pretty good. I mean, they, they were the, one of the Big 12 teams that kind of laid an egg in, in their bowl game after they got out to a hot start over Georgia Tech. But we know, I mean, we saw it. That was a very talented Central Florida team that kind of turned it around and beat uh, one of the, I mean, hammered, I should say, yeah. one, one of the participants in the Big 12 championship game in Oklahoma State weeks before. They have big-time speed. Uh, I'm fascinated by them, like, next year, too, with K.J. Jefferson, the the Arkansas uh, transfer uh, who is I think like six three six four like two hundred fifty pounds. I mean Gus Malzahn will Cam Newton him uh, and 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 teams will have a hard time uh, stop stopping that deal. Um, but uh, and you don't I don't think you play Central Florida next year, so it's somebody else's yeah. problem. Uh, but uh, but that that was also I think one of worthy of of consideration. And again, it's they were a bowl team. Yes, it was at home, but it wasn't easy. And you. <laughs> I mean, for all intents and purposes, you had to have it. I mean, yep. if you didn't get it done that day, you're looking at what you know what you dealt with the the, the next Friday night in, in Austin. And I just you probably there is no Cal game at the no. time. So I mean, you know, you know, you only would have needed an extra fifty to become bowl eligible yeah. if you didn't get it done against uh, Central Florida. Before we get out of here, this is so far away, but it's kind of fun to think about the quality or the uh, the challenge in your schedule next season versus this previous season. There are no Longhorns out there, but we already ran down some of those that you're going to visit on the road, whether it's the circumstance or the quality of the team. And then coming to your house, you know, maybe you look at West Virginia. Is Deion Sanders going to figure anything out with the Buffaloes? I don't know. A little bit lighter probably as far as those coming to town versus who you're visiting. But with the way that Arizona has looked, the way that Oklahoma State looked, and I don't know what they're going to be cooking up in Fort Worth, but you can kind of throw some things out the window, obviously, when there's that much emotion involved and a saddle on the line. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say it's going to be more difficult without the Texas Longhorns on the schedule. But I think you're back in for another very challenging round, You know, not to be thinking, hey, we're in the new Big 12, so things are lightening up a little bit. 
not so fast. Shout out to Lee Corso. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Yeah, not so fast, my friend. Um, I I think in some ways uh, you you could you know like here's the here's the, the different way to look at it. Um, I I think I, I think while you won't face as much talent on your schedule, minus like the Texas or, or Oklahoma, should they be on there? You know, and they're not um, overall talent and all that. I think it, in ways it could be harder because. You know, are are you gonna? I mean, do, do you do you have this hate and like this on the radar mentality of the University of Arizona when you go to Tucson, who could be the Big Twelve preseason favorite? And like, I knew what you what you would think about the Texas game or the Oklahoma game and all that. And sometimes you just got run over. I mean, yeah. it just didn't go well. But that's what's going to be interesting about. And everybody's going to deal with the same thing. There is no, you know. Uh, you know, a ton of familiarity or, or, or on the radar or hate or animosity or whatever it may be. It's just kind of another game. I don't know. I guess you can make the argument. Maybe it's easier or you can make the argument. Maybe it's harder to get your kids focused, get your kids motivated. I don't know, but that's, what's going to be interesting about this new league is that there's not a lot of history here with some of this. And so, but, but it, it doesn't change how meaningful uh, it, it is. Um, it, it's, it's like the, when central Florida came to town, yes, people were excited. It, it was a decent crowd. Um, it, it was exciting after you won it, but you, you, you got the sense. It's like, who, who's the, who are they? Yeah. What, what is, what this, is Purdue? This, this dude walking around with a trident and like, he's, you know, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, <laughs> maker. What does it say on their helmet? Right. Guys, who, who would play? So there, there's going to be some of that, and I think for that, that makes it a bit, I don't know, harder in some ways. But I'm telling you, extremely competitive. I mean, I, I could sit here. We, we should do a segment on this one day. I was asked this on a on, on a radio interview I did the other day. But Arizona, uh, Utah, uh, Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, all are worthy of like top twenty five ish. Hmm. you know, preseason nods and you don't really hear the red Raiders there, but I think they fit in there somewhere. And so it, it's, it's going to be fascinating what this league looks like on paper and what we, how we think about it and all that, because it's going to be extremely competitive. I, uh, I'm getting what I wish for, for so many years. And I hope I don't come to regret it. I always said, let's get Arizona and Texas tech back together, renewing this border conference beef because yeah. there are very few to zero Power five records or series records that you'll see on the screen prior to a game where Texas Tech is just outright dominated. But 26 to five, baby, we've been cooking over the Wildcats for a long time. Now, of course, just a few years ago, prior to just a few years ago, you hadn't played them since 1989. But you want to go back and talk about these 1940s? We own the Arizona Wildcats. So there's some <laughs> historical beef there if you're still living, you know, roughly 85, 90 years old. You're going to be cooking with gas on that game day. I know that. But uh, looking forward to this new go-round. And, yeah, the top, the talent, the blue blood, the upper echelon is certainly going to be changed dramatically. But that thick, gooey middle, I think, has gotten even thicker and gooier, possibly, as far as some parity we could be in store for. Should be a lot of fun. And hopefully the Red Raiders are going to be involved in some of that fun as well. Chris, had fun with you today. As always, my man, appreciate the time and insight. And uh, we're back at it tomorrow. Hope it is alive, man. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.
and subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Appreciate you being out there. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we hope to see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.